Hello and welcome to The Price of Football, the pod that looks at the money behind our beautiful game. I'm Kevin Day and the bedraggled mess sitting across me is Kieran Maguire. So I'm, I'm sorry you had such a terrible journey getting here and it's so rainy. It, it's a combination of four train journeys and storm carer. Well, it's it's also because, as I pointed out, you live in the countryside and if you choose to do that, it should be difficult to get anywhere, basically. And it certainly is. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was nice and warm as I waited for you to turn up. <laughs> I got some work done. Guy, our producer, he's nice and warm up there, making the money, sitting on his gold sofa, editing this as it comes up. Now, coming up in the show, does anyone like FA Cup replays? Sky's transfer window nightmare... Wimbledon Plough Lane, signs of life at Berry, which is brilliant news, and the profits that have come at a cost. So, first of all, replays, FA Cup replays. There's been a lot of fuss, mainly over Jurgen Klopp's attitude to the replay, refusing to turn up at the Shrewsbury-Liverpool game, which it's for a different pod, but I'm actually quite angry about his attitude to, to the FA Cup, and I suspect that if he hadn't been running away with the Premier League and didn't have such a nice smile, more people would be would be angry too. How much does it cost to stage a replay? Um, well, the, the cost will be stewarding. It will be the floodlights and so on. Um, so it depends on the size of the crowd. Uh, it, it does very much vary. But uh, effect, the clubs aren't interested in the cost. Ultimately, that they're interested in how much money are we going to make from it individually. So Shrewsbury were delighted to have uh, achieved a replay. Uh, in the first place, they were two 0 down to Liverpool, and they got back to two two. That story has been completely lost and forgotten, um, and I think that's. Uh, I've spoken to some Shrewsbury fans on social media, and I think they feel a little bit uh, upset that they are completely forgotten in all of this. Um, but, but it's Liverpool that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And Liverpool and Manchester United are the two clubs that generate the most column inches. What happened in terms of the, the replay? And the reason why Jurgen Klopp was so upset was it's uh, in the middle of the winter break. Mm-hmm. Um, and immediately after the match took place, he said, I'm not going to play my first team. I'm not going to play the, the other members of the 25 men of my squad. I'm going to play the kids again at Anfield. And therefore, that resulted in Liverpool suggesting that the, the ticket prices would be reduced. Um, and it was £1 for under-17s to go to the match. Mm. That's fantastic if you're under-17. and you know, as, and, as most of the team uh, were, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Um, so you know, it meant that there were going to be, uh, was going to be a 50,000-plus know, gate at Anfield. Um, adult ticket prices, I think they were at 10 or £15, again, mm. you know, hugely reduced. And I think Shrewsbury had been hoping that the prices would have been perhaps a wee bit more pricey and they would have made some money out of the replay. But there's a balancing act there though, as well because if the prices were pretty much the same as they were for a league game, you only got a crowd of 25,000, which is what happened. So you, you could possibly make more money by getting more people in at a discounted price, presumably. That's right. It, it, it is a balancing act. Um, I, I think uh, yeah, we, we've spoken about the, the issues in respect of VAR. Um, Shrewsbury had to pay the full price of VAR. But yes, they, they're getting... We discussed this in the last pod. Just for those of you who didn't listen to it, can you just elaborate what happened there? Well, yes. Uh, what's happened is that the, the matches which are hosted by Premier League clubs, um, VAR uh, is is applicable for those matches. 
and the, the cost is around about 9,250 quid plus VAT, and that gets split as a cost between both clubs equally. Now, given that Liverpool were forcing the prices lower, um, I think it would have been a, a nice gesture for them to say, especially as Shrewsbury had a goal disallowed mm, due to VAR yeah, in yeah, the yeah, replay, yeah. Um, to say, look, you know, we are Liverpool. We, as, as a magnanimous gesture, we'll, t- we'll take the whole of this as a hit. But they didn't. They passed that cost on to... Would they... Could they argue that they wouldn't, they're wouldn't? they not allowed to do that? Do they, are there rules in place that say they have to do that? Or could they have just said, we'll pass on this one? Especially as we, you've probably lost income by us raising, lowering the ticket prices. Um, a, a club's perfectly entitled to do, yeah, to make a, a, a decent okay. gesture. Um, I, I, I dropped uh, the, the, the VAR uh, issue into, uh, into social media on Friday uh, night. I, I know. And and that created a bit of a storm, mm. and there's been uh, there's been quite a reaction from fans of some of the Premier League clubs, especially Sheffield United fans, who who have been fantastic about this. They feel that they they were hosting Fylde, um, who are a non-league club. So five grand is a lot of money to a non-league club. It's yeah. a huge amount of money, and they say, well, we think that our club should do the right thing. Oh, good. Uh, so we, we'll we'll wait and see. Um, you know, Luton fans said. Was it worth it that VAR reduced their... Uh, it would have been a 5-0 defeat without VAR, hmm. but instead they got away with just a 4-0 defeat. So it, you know, it, it does... There's swings and roundabouts. On the other side, Tranmere Rovers would not have hosted Manchester United because they got... So it, it, yeah. VAR isn't necessarily the bad thing. I think that the Premier League clubs have an awful lot of money. Um, you know, Liverpool is a club which is going to have half a billion pounds generated this year. You know, five grand for taking their the other Shrewsbury share of VAR would would have been a fair gesture, especially as they had stolen all of the thunder in terms of the match yeah. uh, through Klopp's actions. Just for clarification, uh, Kieran, VAR is the bad thing, necessarily or otherwise. VAR is the bad thing. We've we've ascertained that, and I will brook no argument. It, now, the, the FA Cup, it, it always used to be the cliche, didn't it? That, that the one thing that was even better than a giant killing was a giant killing that happened after a replay because from Shrewsbury's point of view, coming back to get a replay at Anfield was, was the perfect storm, essentially, because they get the the replay and they get the money. Um, if, if you're a Shrewsbury, if you're a Tramway, which is the club that you'd most like to... Is it Man United? Is that the, still the plum replay? It, it is. It, it's, it's Manchester United at Old Trafford. Um United might cut their prices uh, marginally, but also, as you, I think you were inferring earlier, um, had Liverpool been seventh in the Premier League, they wouldn't have been put out that side because mm. all of a sudden the FA Cup has some form of importance. Now, for Manchester United, it is important to progress in the FA Cup because they ain't going to win the Premier League and they're not going to win the Champions League. Mm. So, therefore, I, I think United is always a good draw. United get an awful lot of football tourists. Now, this isn't a criticism of the club, but football tourists, they just want to go to Old Trafford to see a game of football, of course, and therefore they're willing to pay full price for it. So, yes, Old Trafford, first of all, it's got the biggest capacity in the country, uh, and, and secondly, on average, you're going to get the highest prices for, if you are Burton Albion or Exeter or Cambridge United or Crawley, you think about some of the clubs mm. which have gone there in, in recent years, and potentially they can be looking at making around about half a million, three quarters of a million pounds from a match there. I've, I've crunched the numbers. I think Shrewsbury will make perhaps somewhere between 120 and 150 grand. And because Liverpool weren't 
playing the first team or even anybody from the first team squad, both BT and the BBC turned round and said, normally we'd want Liverpool because they're good for of ratings. Of course, of course, yes. How interesting. I hadn't thought of that. So that's cost Shrewsbury another 50 grand. That's how much they would have got from... That's the standard rate for a televised FA Cup. Yeah. At, at what, no matter what round it is. I think you get it marginally progresses, but there's there's also the the main money tends to come from the the, the prize money from progressing from round to round. Liverpool made 180 grand from from getting to the fifth round. Right. So, in terms of replays, it, it's all very well for for the big teams, for the likes of Klopp, to turn around and say we don't want replays. Full stop in any round. We certainly don't want on fifth, sixth round, but. That that's potentially denying a lot of lower league clubs a lot of potentially life saving money, isn't it? And is that one of the reasons why the FA are resistant? I, I think so. I think they yeah they have scrapped replays from from the quarterfinals onwards. The fifth, yeah. is it the fifth round onwards. Fifth as round well. onwards. Yeah. Yep. Um, Which pressure- it's not beyond the realms of impossibility that a Shrewsbury would get to a fifth round tie or. So they'd be losing out on potentially a lot of money then. They they? they they would be, but. All fifth round matches are going to be televised in, in, in reality, so they would get the TV money. They would have made a reasonable amount of prize money as well. I mean, to be fair to the FA, they have increased the prize money for the FA Cup. So it, it, it's got, it's got to be a, a, a cut-off point. I think the suggestion to take away replays from third and fourth round matches is, is harsh, yeah, we don't need a further expanded Champions League. We don't need a further expanded FIFA World Cup where all the money is. We yeah. know that. Um, Liverpool could still put out a weakened team or Manchester United and commit themselves to their other matches. Mm. And, and everybody could be a winner from this. And also, ultimately, yeah, we're talking about money. You and I, we're football fans. Yeah. Now, if I'm a Shrewsbury football fan, how often yeah. am I going to get the opportunity to go to one of those grounds? You know, I, I remember when... I used to support Chelmsford City because I used to live there when I was a kid. And we, we, we got drawn against Ipswich and we thought this was the biggest thing that's going to happen in our lives. Uh, and I think to deny fans that, the decisions are being made by money men. Fans are being cut and marginalised in the game further and further. For the benefit of people listening at home, Kieran is now the recipient of the Paddington Stare. After the, the, any sentence to start as I used to support another team... Isn't going to end well, Kieran. What happened? Why, why do you not support Chelsea City now, especially for the, the uh, Labrador Walkers that you support on the south coast? Support your local team. Yeah, at the age of eleven, I moved to Brighton. Mm. At the age of nine, sort of, I used mm. to go to Chelmsford City because there was nowhere else to go. I would possibly allow you to go to Brighton games because you'd live in there. But let's mm, see again. This is something else I didn't know about you, Kieran. This is. This is why it took you four four pods to even tell me you supported Brighton. They take another twelve to tell me you. Oh dear. Anyway, this, um, the transfer window, January transfer window. It was a nightmare window for Sky and for Palace. With for Palace, it was purely down to incompetence by the people who run our transfer policy. Um, I'm never unhappy seeing Sky discomforted around transfer window time with the resources they throw at basically telling us lies about players in helicopters. We can see them, and they're over the streets of Croydon now. Why was it such a dull transfer? I mean, it, there was literally, not literally, but there's barely any money spent compared to previous January transfer windows. Was this, was this a one-off? Is it a deliberate policy for clubs not to buy in January now? I think what we are seeing is the financial fair play has teeth. Oh, that's interesting, because that's a discussion that probably in the first couple of pods we said. I wouldn't have expected to hear you say that. So. Well, 
We've seen now the charges at, uh, at Sheffield Wednesday and Derby and potentially Birmingham having the second. Uh, Aston Villa potentially having charges in, in the Premier League as well. So clubs are now aware that the, the regulatory, or regulatory authorities are taking a much keener investigation of, of their affairs. And therefore, if you take a look at the championship, there was only one transfer in the whole of the, the window for more than a million pounds. Uh, and that was Naki Wells going from Burnley to Bristol City. Mm. And the only reason why that went through was that Bristol City sold some players in the in the summer window and they actually had a lot of cash. All the rest were for loans or, or for fees of less than a million. If you talk to Leeds United fans... They are absolutely aghast at what's happened. I think they picked up one loan signing, mm. uh, and they've they've had a really bad January on the pitch, uh, and February's not going particularly well either. Uh, and there's a lot of frustration that uh, their their promotion chances have have been uh, damaged because of a reluctance to spend in the window. The reason for that is is that Leeds were pretty close to the financial fair play uh, limit, uh, so it's not a case of not wanting to spend it's more of a case of not being able to spend and interesting as well that the the one transfer we were linked with was Jared Bowen uh, from Hull in the championship to West Ham which nearly went tits up for West Ham because he insisted apparently on a no relegation clause and a hefty sum of money in wages um, but West Ham still keen to pay that does that represent good business to you because clearly Palace didn't think it did it represents good good business for for Hull City and for Jared Bowen. Yeah. Um, if if you're in a competitive market and there's a number of people after your services, you go to the highest bidder and you use that as a negotiation tool. So whoever is his agent has, has simply played the system extremely well and, and has done the best he can for his clients. Um, we've seen that the summer transfer window is now going to be extended back to where it used to be in line with European clubs. What does that mean financially? I think that will benefit most clubs because what the what we've had in the last two years is that by closing the window at the start of the season, it actually extends the period in which you're taking a gamble. If you think about it, by the end of August, we've probably played four fixtures. So therefore, there's, yeah, there's, there's seven less in the Championship and there's four less in the Premier League. Now, what happens if you've, you've spent £30 million on a signing in July... He turns out to be a complete turkey or he does his ACL in, mm, in his mm. debut and all of a sudden there's no chance of a replacement. So it does give the clubs a chance to rectify the errors that they've made either earlier in the window or that they've lost a player in a key position early on in the season. That that player can now be replaced. So I think most managers will probably be relieved. Um, I think the Sky will be happy because it gives them another uh, another avenue to explore during during August, and from from the players' point of view, it extends the period when they can actually find a club because it's it's not just Premier League clubs and Championship clubs who are looking. You, if you are a, a player who is at a club and the manager said, "I ain't going to give you any games this season," and you're going to sit out your contract, at least you've got a bit more time. When somebody else has had an injury, you you can move on elsewhere. Now, AFC Wimbledon fans listening to this, I know a lot of them, and I know for them the whole sorry MK Dons franchise saga won't be fully finished until AFC are back in back in Merton and back at Plough Lane where they believe they belong. 
it looked like that was going swimmingly, but it seems to be less so now. What's what's the the current stage with that? Well, I mean, they have been given planning permission, um, but the costs of building the new stadium, which is, I think, the old Wimbledon dog track, mm. those costs have uh, gone far beyond expectations. So it now looks uh, as if it's going to cost around about £30 million. And um, I was listening to something from one of their guys from the Supporters Trust, and he said they'd gone to banks and the banks weren't interested in lending. They're £11 million short. Right. Um, and, they, and they put that down to the three Bs, Berry, Bolton and Brexit, all of which are not good. Banks aren't... Re- willing to lend because they don't know what the future markets are going to be like. Banks have also seen what's happened at Berry and Bolton, where in, in the case of Berry, you know, the club got kicked out. And in the case of Bolton, uh, things have, are still not great. Um, so what uh, what Wimbledon, AFC Wimbledon have therefore done is that they've, they're selling something called the Wimbledon Bond, which effectively is crowdfunding. They're, they're, they're trying to get five million pounds that's their target to get five million pounds from from good-minded souls Uh, and the way that this works is that you can you can lend the money so it's going to be a loan from fans to the club you start off a minimum buy-in is a thousand pounds which might put some off Um, and you can you can lend that for five ten or fifteen years and you choose the interest rate so somewhere between naught and four percent now that's that is strange Mm. um as an investment, it it can't be recommended. You have to be honest. Yeah, you know, this this is this is a, a quasi gift of love from a football fan, from a benevolent individual or two, um, to to people that that sympathise with what's happened at AFC Wimbledon and the old Wimbledon Football Club. Um, if they can get five million, then they are confident that the banks will give them the other six. And that will allow them to potentially start playing this August. That's their aim, um, and it's all it's it's fingers crossed at present. They've raised two million pounds already, so you know, good luck to them. Well, there are two interesting things for that, Kieran, because it's my area. My uncle Bill was a Wimbledon fan. I used to go there with him in the old days when Palace were away. Don't worry, when Palace were away, not not an alternative. It wasn't Chelmsford City. But having been to Wimbledon Dog Track before it was closed down, I'm amazed that £30 million is all it will take because it was fairly dilapidated. And secondly, the banks thing is interesting because I would would always associate AFC Wimbledon with being quite an affluent club, with having quite an affluent fan base. So I wouldn't have thought that £5 million would be a difficult sum for them to raise, even in this economic climate. Well, uh, the fact that they've raised £2 million already, already yeah. um, I, I think, is a positive. And they've only just launched this scheme. Um, they don't have a, a big fan base. You have people people in that area, they tend to support other clubs. Yeah, fair point. And therefore, who's going to come up with, with the cash? Um, it, it's only going to take one person of wealth who could effectively cover the rest of the balance. Um, and I, I think fans of... All other clubs will wish them well. Mm. Well, speaking of which, signs of life at Bury, and that's I've, we've waited for a long time. Now, our very first pod was based around the Bury story, and it, it didn't. It seemed like it was done and dusted and, and finished forever, but it, apparently not. 
Yeah, they're not good signs necessarily. Oh, I'm because... sorry. I wish, I wish you told me that before. I've had such an, op- <laughs> such an optimistic tone in my voice. Um, oh, so signs of life are buried, but they're not good signs. Oh, what happened was that uh, on Wednesday, for the twelfth time, um, Berry Football Club Limited was before the High Court on a winding up order for once again non-payment of taxes. This now most people have thought, well, hold on. There's nobody employed at that club. There is a skeleton existence at Berry Football Club. But Steve Dale, um, the, uh, the the professional asset stripper, and I can legally call him that because that's what he does, um, the professional asset stripper uh, in charge of Berry still owns the club. Um, he There are still people, or there's still somebody employed, um, and HMRC were after them for non-payment of taxes. Hey, uh, Berry Football Club then, of course, at the last minute, paid that amount of money oh, so they are you? still there is still something in existence but what we are seeing with Berry and this is a classic case of divide and rule by the owner is that there are two options uh, effectively available for the fans one of which is half the fans or a sorry a proportion of the fans they want to put money together to buy the ground and that will allow them to probably start in Perhaps the seventh tier, mm. something like mm. Northwest Counties um, of of the, the football pyramid, with a view to getting back, uh, you know, via Gig Lane to, uh, to to being another member of the the EFL, which you know, they should be. Yeah. Um, the the alternative to that, there is a club called um, I think it's AFC Berry has been formed, and they're going to start as a park club. This is a pure Phoenix operation. Yeah, AFC Wimbledon, like Salford, yeah. Um- the AFC, Man United, etc. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they want to to go up through that particular route because they don't want any money to potentially end up in the pockets of Steve, Steve Dale. Yeah. Steve Dale has has played everybody like a piano on this. He plays the legal system by not paying things until the last minute, and he's saying, "Oh, yeah, I could potentially set, still sell my my involvement in the club." So that means that the fans are falling out. Uh, I, I think three executives of one of these two parties they've resigned because I think there's toxic relationships between the people. It, it's very difficult once you're committed to one side or the other mm. to to take on the opposing view. So that's the sadness is that people who have got a love for the same thing, which ultimately is Berry Football Club, they're now falling out as to how they want the future to to evolve. There's two things on this, Kieran. And I, there's one thing we've learned from the social media since we started doing this podcast is that you all you have to put is the word Steve Dale on a tweet and you'll get inundated with not just fans of Berry, but fans he's become to represent everything that's bad about wrong club owners, essentially. So two questions. A, first of all, if he'd filed for bankruptcy, would he have avoided paying for those that tax burden? And secondly, why is he doing it? Why can't he just walk away and go and asset strip something else? We know that's you say that's what he does. What's he gaining out of this unless he's just waiting for somebody, you know, a new consortium to, to come up and pay for the ground? Whilst Berry Football Club Limited is in existence, he has control. Right. So therefore, that answers your first question. The reason why he didn't, didn't just allow the club to be put into liquidation or the winding up orders to succeed would mean that a professional administrator, sorry, professional liquidator would, would take control of the club. And we don't know what he's doing at present, and we don't know who okay. owns what. Well, I hear you. So, so that's the first issue. The second reason is that he's a, 
he's he's like a Mike Ashley. He's a person with an incredibly thick skin. He he's by his own admission. I don't know whether you've ever seen that interview he did with Tony Livesey on Five Live, where he went into the studio. Oh, I wouldn't have seen it when I'd have heard it, but yeah, it's a de- um, it's a detail, Kieran. But. <laughs> um, but uh, what happened there? He said. I'm not a football fan. I didn't even know Berry Football Club existed. No. I bought it for a pound. And he's just rubbing people's noses Ooh. in it. He's a, he's, some people, as we know, are wind-up merchants. And he loves getting a reaction. Um, so, unfortunately, he's just not a very nice human being. And that's why he does it. Because you know, as, asset stripping exists. There needs to be somebody at, at the bottom. Mm. You know, take, taking old companies and, and sometimes resurrecting them. You know, it, I, I used to do insolvency work, and I, and I know it's sort of the ins and outs of it. And there's chances, and 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 there's there's some people who are doing it genuinely to try to resurrect employment and things of this nature. Steve Dale, not one of those. Mm, dear, right. One last question, and it's one of those that um, you and Guy have kept from me the answer because yeah, I think you want a genuine level of <laughs> reaction. Um, a club that's posted profits for the. Th- Last 13 years, but apparently it's not a good thing. It's cost them, is that right? Well, yes, it has cost them. The, the, the club involved is Walsall. Okay. And, uh, the Saddlers, of course. The Saddlers, yeah. They, really? made, they made profits last year. They, 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 they do this every year. But they were relegated from, mm. from League One to League Two. The only club that has made a profit um, in, in the championship last year for, from their day-to-day activities... Rotherham United. What happened to Rotherham United? Yeah, yeah. Relegated. Yeah, yeah. The previous year, the only club that made a profit, or I think it was 2017, the only club that made a profit in the championship, Burton Albion. What happened to them? They were relegated. And, and this is sort of the, the, the problem with football, is that it, it costs so much money to survive that the clubs that do try to run themselves on an honest basis, yeah. which surely that's what they all should be aiming to do, um, they they end up getting relegated. Um, if, if I suspect uh, you know, the, the, the results for the Premier League clubs this for last season, they're all losing money. Mm. Um, I suspect Huddersfield will have made a profit. Huddersfield got relegated from the Premier League. Yeah, um, so it's, it's only sort of some of, some of the elite um, and one or two clubs who just take an air shot effectively when they get promoted. And, and I think it'll be sort of, it'll be sort of a, 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 Norfolk, a Norfolk handful of clubs making uh, profits in the Premier League out of 20, which is crazy because we all think it's laced with gold. I presume a Norfolk handful is six, is it? That is correct. Yeah, I've disassociated myself with those comments in case Stephen Fry's listening. Um, Walsall fans who are disappointed at relegation, can they console themselves though that if the club's being run honestly, like the, as a season or two in the division above will then secure their future for the next 10 seasons, same as Rotherham? I, I, th- I think they can to an extent, but then I was going through some of the small print in relation to Walsall. Of course you were. <laughs> you know me in small print. Um, <laughs> and they don't own the stadium. The stadium is owned by the pension fund of the club owner. or the, And Walsall right. are paying his pension fund 440 grand a year. Okay. Which, which is great for the people who have a pension in his fund. Well, no, no, it's his personal pension fund. It's his own fund. personal it's personal, fund. No, it's, personal, not, yeah. it's not a, pers- a pension fund he's running. No, 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 no. It's, it's money which is... Is, this, is that legal? Perfectly legal, yep. Uh, and and he, has, he has walked away. He's a guy called Jeff Bonser. 
Um, he's been involved with twenty club for twenty nine years, and I've got to be honest, he's run the club financially very well. Right. Um, I think the new owners who have come in, they're trying to buy the freehold or the leasehold off him. Um, and, and good luck to them, because if you don't own the property, it, it does restrict your ability as a club to, to make money 365 days a year. Oh, as, as the new owners of Palace found when Ron Nodes retained the, the leasehold of the, of the actual sale as well. So essentially, it's, it's a slightly pessimistic note. I mean, you're saying basically you really do need to have to speculate to accumulate that essentially the, the model should be for as much money as you can at staying up because going down financially secure doesn't necessarily work. Well, if you do go down from the championship to League One, you go from seven million pounds a year TV money to one million. Mm. There's a drop of three or four hundred thousand from League One to League Two. So I was talking to an owner of a League One club last week, and he said, "Yeah, that's my fear. Can I afford to drop? Can I afford not to drop? And do you stick or do you twist with where you are at present?" I'm amazed club owners tell you anything. To be perfectly honest, I really am, but. <laughs> What were you described as? Football's football finances, fucking rain man, <laughs> which makes you uh, makes you Tom Cruise. It makes me Tom Cruise. Yeah, I'm perf- I'm perfectly happy with that. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, the Prize of Football is a Dap Dip production. Uh, remember, if you leave us nice reviews where you listen to this pod, um, it helps our algorithms. According to Guy, <laughs> absolutely. Thank you, Kieran. At least, at least you've dried off now. <laughs> yes, thank you very much, Kevin. The Prize of Football. I'm for the